Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to everyone in Philadelphia. We just got back. Boy, did we miss you guys after two weeks. But it was a powerful time. Hallelujah. Hello to everyone in our online family. Just a quick report. So we went to Malaysia, ministered to over 800 leaders. We're in Calgary, uh, Canada. I don't know, maybe another 400 pastors. We ministered uh, um, to over 200 churches. And the Spirit of the Lord really moved in power. You know, Pastor Dave happens to, and Pastor Mike are in Cuba today and soon to be installed again. Pastor Giovanna is actually in Israel. So this has been kind of International Overseas Missions Week. And I want you to start getting ready. In fact, practical advice. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray about uh, um, Lord, where do you want me to go? Because I, I believe that something happens when you go minister to people in other places. I'm gonna tell you, you become very, very grateful when you get out of your surroundings and when you see um, other places, the, the way other people are living and serving God, it also opens up your heart for the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. God is on the move all over the world. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So listen, even now, even now, I think that you should start setting aside a little bit of money so you can take a missions trip. Start putting away, and we're going to be announcing, you know, what we'll be doing in the, uh, in the days ahead. We want to really plan. COVID is over, and it's time. Come on, hallelujah. It's time for us to go. We used to send our youth group on a missions trip almost every single year uh, back in the day. And so we got to get back to doing those kinds of things. And thank you for praying for us. It was as fruitful a ministry trip, I think, as I've ever had. It was very, very powerful. And I attributed that to the fact that you guys were praying for us. And I, I really appreciate that. Now, we're picking up from our last message in the Living the Dream series. And so today's message puts us in the home stretch, or what I'll call the last leg, before fulfillment starts to really unfold in Joseph's life. The great thing about living the dream is that sooner or later fulfillment comes. Somebody say amen. How many know when you're serving God, when you're honoring God, when you're living for God, fulfillment is inevitable. Nobody can stop, no devil, no politics can stop the fulfillment of God's plan for your life. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. The Bible says no one who looks to him is ever put to shame. 
So let me remind you, if you have a heart for God, God has a dream for you. He has a powerful dream for your life. But here's the key today. This is a big deal. Scripture reveals that typically the greater the fulfillment, the greater the test right before the fulfillment. Okay? This was Joseph's last stop before he stepped into the fullness and the purpose of God's plan for his life. Okay, so I want to remind you of Joseph's timeline before we get into this. Remember, there have been a lot of ups and downs. Okay, this is one of the greatest men of God in all of history. Okay, there were a lot of ups and downs. There was gifting and calling placed upon his life and, and God speaks to him and then he's sold into slavery. Then he's sold into Potiphar's house. He goes to Potiphar's house as a slave. God lifts him up and puts him in charge of Potiphar's house. And then he's falsely accused. He's tempted. He didn't give in to chasing pleasure, but he was still falsely accused not to Today, he's sent to prison. But listen, he's, when he goes to prison in a moment, you'll see he's put in charge of, uh, of this prison. I'll read that to you in a moment. But right after this, fulfillment comes. Right after this, fulfillment comes. But this season right here was the last and greatest test before the fulfillment and I want you to know, all throughout Scripture, this is true. Today's message is about a test. It's the test, everybody at PT, it's the test that we can call the test of the valley of loneliness. It's the test of isolation. It's the test of faith versus God has forgotten me. How many know God never forgets his children? Come on, put your hands together. If you're watching online, everybody in the room, I want you to say with me right now, I am not forgotten. You are not forgotten because God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There will never be a moment, there will never be a day where God will leave you alone. You are not forgotten. Hallelujah. But this is a deep, deep test. And this test, in a sense, becomes where God launches you. Once you pass this test, he launches you into great fulfillment. And so, listen, in Isaiah 45, 3, the Bible says, I will give you the treasures of darkness. You need to write this down. Okay? You need to write this verse down. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that, everyone say, so that. 
so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. He knows your name. You're not forgotten. Maybe you're watching online and you're alone today. You're not alone. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, your heavenly Father is right there with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I want you to know by this time in Joseph's life, he's worked out a bunch of stuff. Joseph has, has, has worked through so many things. One of the things that you see about Joseph in his life is he never takes off the yoke. He never jumps ship from the plan of God. And I have seen, I have seen as a pastor that this is one of the valleys that people run from the most. And actually, after studying this for a couple of weeks, I've come to the conclusion that COVID was, yes, it was an attack from the enemy, but COVID was also a great test to Christians. Really was. It's a great test. But Joseph found a rootedness. He found a confidence. He found so many things in God. And for Joseph, Joseph learned and experienced. Listen, loneliness is God's great empowering experience for every child of God. The valley of loneliness is such a gift. It's so sweet. It's so wonderful. It's so powerful because even if you're physically alone or even emotionally alone how many know we are never spiritually alone so this is a very very important very very powerful message and when you learn how to meet God in the valley of loneliness you will be changed forever so let's jump into this story I got, in a way, I got a lot to read because we've got to pick up from where we left off. But I want to give you the key verse of the day and I want to give you the last verse of all of our reading, but we're going to start with that. Genesis 40, verse 23 says this. But the wine steward never gave Joseph another thought. He forgot all about him. But the wine steward never gave Joseph another thought, but he forgot all about him. How many know just because people forget you, how many know God never, ever, ever forgets you? Somebody say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the title of the message is Dreamers Know They Are Never Forgotten. Come on, say it one more time. I am not forgotten. I am not forgotten. God is with me. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And when you break through at this level, I'm telling you right now, now you're really graduating in God. So let's go back now. Genesis chapter 39. It says, and Joseph's master took him when he was falsely accused. By the way, please read this story over and over again. Please read the, the story consistently. There's a lot there. God will really speak to you through it. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. 
And he was there in prison. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Again, even though he's in a hard place, the favor of God was on his life. You could be in a hard place, but the favor of God is on your life. Powerful. It says God granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. Now, let me just say this again. I'm not gonna put up the timeline, but look, when Joseph gets where he's going, there's gonna be two things that are very, very important. Number one, he's gonna need to know how to manage fields. Okay, you'll see that. And he did that in Potiphar's house. At Potiphar's house, he learned how to run a farm and run a household and all of the above. And guess what? When he goes before Pharaoh, the main thing he does is he runs a giant farm, which he did at Potiphar's house. The Bible doesn't record that he did that with his father, but he did do it in Potiphar's house. Now, he is literally running a government organization. He's like running a department in the prison system. So now he's working how things go in Egypt. When he gets to, to Pharaoh, he ends up running a big, giant, total governmental organization. And so at each stop, God was using each difficult stop to prepare him for promotion. What you need to understand is God is using each difficult stop of your life to prepare you for promotion. That's what God is doing all the time. Amen? And so, but nonetheless, the favor of God was with him. So we end there. And then we jump to Genesis chapter 40. In Genesis chapter 40, God activates the gift of, of, of dreams again. And now he's interpreting dreams. Can we put that up now? And in this particular passage, I'm just going to, because of time, just going to give you the key to it. And look at what, what the Bible says. Two guys come and say, Joseph, I hear you interpret dreams. Would you interpret our dream? Listen to this. They answered... Each of us had a dream, and there's no one here to explain what the dreams mean. It is God who gives the ability to interpret dreams, Joseph said. Tell me your dreams. So the wine steward, we're not going to read all of it. So the wine steward said, in my dream, there was a grapevine in front of me with three branches on it. As soon as the leaves came out, the blossoms appeared and the grapes ripened. I was holding the king's cup, so I took the grapes and squeezed them into the cup and gave it to him. Joseph said, this is what it means. The three branches are three days. In three days, the king will release you, pardon you, and restore you to your position. You will give him his cup as you did before when you were his wine steward. But please remember me when everything is going well for you. And please be kind enough to mention me to the king and help me get out of this prison. After all, I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. And even here in Egypt, I didn't do anything to deserve being put in prison. And then 
Lastly, but the wine steward never gave Joseph another thought. He forgot all about him. He forgot all about him. Before we pray, everyone say it's just a test. That's all it was. It was just a test. And I want to pray right now that God would enable all of us to pass the test of the valley of loneliness. Do you know that the, the, uh, the Surgeon General basically issued a warning and said that loneliness is now an epidemic in our country? Listen to this. In the last few decades, we've just lived through a dramatic pace of change. We move more. We change jobs more often. We are living with technology that has profoundly changed how we interact with each other and how we talk to each other. And you can feel lonely even if you have a lot of people around you because loneliness is about the quality of your connections. But I want to take this to a higher level. It's about the quality of your connection to Jesus. So remember this, and before I pray, for the Christian, loneliness is God's empowering experience. God wants to meet you in such deep and special and powerful ways, brothers and sisters. Something so deep, so rich, so wonderful that from that place, you will not be shaken. From that place, you will walk with a new kind of joy, a new kind of peace, a new kind of strength. So come on, lift your hands with me right now in Philadelphia, online. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that we are not alone, oh God. We thank you that you are the friend that sticks closer than a brother, Lord Jesus. And God, I pray that you would bring supernatural breakthrough to anyone who feels alone, anyone that's depressed, anyone that's discouraged. God, draw near by your mighty power. Open our eyes, oh God. Help us to stop running away to this or that and to run to you and to find you in this valley. I pray, Lord, that you would impart the treasures of dark places, the secret blessings, God, that you give to your children when they connect with you in the valley of loneliness. So bless this word, bless our time. Do something deep and rich and powerful in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God may set you apart from time to time, but you're not kicked to the side. So this is a a deep one. And what I want to do is I want to, I'm going to give you two key things about the valley of loneliness. And I want you to say, okay, in the natural, the world looks at this as a really bad thing. But I want to try to look at it with eyes of faith. And if, we, if you will look at the valley of loneliness with eyes of faith, I'm telling you, you're going to meet God there. 
and then you will be changed. So number one, what we need to understand as Christians is that loneliness is a time of developing and testing. Okay, there's a test to your faith. It's where you learn to trust and meet God in ways that ultimately anchor you. When you meet God in the valley of loneliness, you start to discover things. Can I tell you, you know where you discover the peace that surpasses all understanding? In the valley of loneliness. You know where you meet the friend that sticks closer than a brother? In the valley of loneliness. You know where you find the true fountain of joy just between you and Jesus? In the valley of loneliness. And it's such a gift to all of God's children. There's something so rich and powerful that comes, but you gotta learn to declare by faith. Listen closely to me in Philadelphia. There comes a point in time where you gotta learn by faith when you're alone to look at the Bible, to fill yourself with the word of God and says, my God is with me. I don't have to feel him. My God is with me. I am not forgotten. You're with me, oh God. You got to learn how to fight through the emptiness and say, God, I'm going to worship you until you come down. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sing to you, Lord, until you meet me in this place. And when you meet God in the valley of loneliness, man, it changes you forever. I've been serving the Lord for 40 years now. And can I tell you something? I got my own Valley of the Loneliness playlist. I have songs. You know, when I first became a Christian, I, be, I got saved. I, I had a very profound meeting with God. And then the, the, I like meet God and then my whole world falls apart as soon as I met God. And then I went through the Valley of Loneliness for three years. Lost my career, lost my dreams, lost my friends, my family thought I was crazy. All kinds of stuff went down. And it was such a hard season because I was just a kid. I was 17 years old. From 17 to 20, I'm telling you right now, it was such a miserable season. Today, richest ever. Today, I'm gonna tell you right now, I've gone things through things in the last three years that there were lessons that I learned in my first three years. Things that happened in my valley of loneliness, it changed, absolutely changed my life. You know, there was a song, I, I first started going to Brooklyn Tabernacle, and there was a song, I'm not gonna sing my whole playlist to you. <laughs> but there was a song, Dear Jesus, I love you. You're a friend of mine. You supply my every need. My hungry soul you feed. I'm aware you are my source from which all blessings flow. You guys don't know that song, right? But with this heart and mind, I know just where where to go. And listen, I sang that under the Brooklyn Bridge. Listen, when it was raining, I sang that under the Brooklyn Bridge 
when, when all of a sudden this kind of, uh, imagine having scouts saying, having scouts saying, look, you're going in the first 10 picks of the draft to being a nobody. All of this work you've done, it's all gone. And then your family saying, this guy got, my dad was saying, uh, religion got in his head because he's traumatized over his career. Nothing could have been further from the truth. I had met with Jesus and I couldn't help it. I just met the Lord and he changed my life. Yes, my career was gone, but, but no one understood me at the time. But I am telling you, when I was singing, dear G, I sang that song over and over and over again. There was another song, I will cast, this is a kid's song. I heard it in children's church. I will cast all my cares upon you. I will lay all of my sorrows down at your feet. Anytime, I don't know just what to do. Sorry, honey, I've got the crack. <laughs> I will cast all my cares upon you. I sang that over and over and over again. So when you, and then the Lord started to draw near to my life. Let me tell you something, if you seek him, you will find him. You will find him. And something changes. When you read your Bible and you pray, and you, I'm jealous for you to have this. You read your Bible and you pray and you start to really meet Jesus. You start to really encounter God. I'm telling you right now, it changes you. It changes you. You're stronger, you're at peace, you have joy. Your circumstances don't shape you like they used to. Okay, you can, you can learn how to sing. Man, I, you know the worst thing, forgive me for the personal, but I don't know how else to preach this one. You know what, there's nothing worse than having people pity you. Imagine walking in the neighborhood and all your friends used to be like, oh no. You know, but listen, sing when the world doesn't understand you. Sing when you're by yourself. Sing when your, when your friends turn away from you. Sing when the bottom falls out. Sing when you lose your car. Sing when you lose your boyfriend and your girlfriend. Worship God on high. Hallelujah. He will draw near. He will meet you. Hallelujah. No one who looks to him will ever be put to shame. Hallelujah. You will not be put to shame. He will pick you up. You cannot keep a good man of God or woman of God down. But the valley is a gift to you. The valley is a blessing to you because when you get, get a hold of Jesus by yourself, then you don't need people like you used to. You don't need things like you used to. That's how God sets you free. I'm telling you right now, he wants to set you free. Hallelujah. He wants to set you free. 
free of all of the things that are burdening you and pulling you down and people's opinions and all kinds of nonsense that means nothing. But you, you got to have that, got to have a hold of that between you and Jesus. Listen to what Elizabeth Elliot said. She said, the heart which has no agenda but God's is the heart at leisure from itself. Its emptiness is filled with the love of God. Its solitude can be turned into prayer. Learn, put the phone down. Learn to be alone with God. Learn to rejoice in the God of your salvation. Learn to enjoy what it means to be a child of the Most High God. When you meet him that way, the devil can't play with you the way he used to. Sing to him when people talk behind your back. Sing to him when things are turning against you. Say, God, I love you. I trust you. Don't get bitter. Listen, if you blame and get bitter when you're in the valley, even when you're on the mountaintop, you will not enjoy it. If you blame when you're down, that's why, look, look, over the years, people can backstab me. People can say this. And look, this is not a bitter moment. I'm just telling you the truth. Okay? People can talk about you. People can say all of this. And I'm like, hey, you want to go that? That's fine. I'm not going there. I'm going to praise Jesus. I'm going to praise Jesus. And I can't wait till I have an opportunity to bless you. Okay? The person who's coming against you, just say, God, I can't wait till I have an opportunity to bless them because, Jesus, you're with me. I have everything I need because I have Jesus. You know, I'll never forget the day. You could play something, brother. I'll never forget the day. I got one more point, but I'll never forget the day that my dad was in my house and I was sitting on the floor. Talk, my mom and dad came to visit. And I was sitting on the floor tying my shoe, okay? And my wife came and sat on the floor next to me. And so my parents were sitting in the living room and, you know, I didn't plan to be this personal, but so my, my, my parents were sitting in the living room and I was sitting on the floor and Chrissy came and sat on the floor. And so we talked to them for about 20 minutes, um, just me and her sitting on the floor. And uh, so later, my father who... Um, like he couldn't get over the fact that I left baseball and that I got religion and my family was like, you, you put God over the family. Let me tell you something, Jesus over your family. Christ over culture. The best thing you can do for anybody that you love is serve God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your soul. Somebody say amen. So anyway, after years of 
uh, after years of he's strange, he's this, he's that, all that kind of stuff, my father says to me, I'll never forget it. One of the, he was like, you know, he said, I know that you didn't get to play professional baseball. He says, but I think you're really rich. He said, when I think about all the craziness and drama, he didn't say drama, but the other words. He said, when I think of all of that that goes on in our family and in our neighborhood and everywhere around us, and I look at you and your wife, he said, I don't even know anybody that has a happy marriage. He says, you and your wife, you're so close, you're so good, I feel peace in your house. Let me tell you something. There are things that Jesus will give you that will be treasures beyond anything that this world can give you. There are treasures that your heavenly Father will provide for you. But you got to grab a hold of Jesus in the valley. Get a hold of Jesus. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when you get a hold of him there, you will change. You will change. Hallelujah. And your character will be transformed. And so look, always know that the reason why God doesn't give you what you want so quickly all the time is because we are naturally prone to idolatry. We worship what doesn't matter. We actually lie to ourselves and say, if I get this job, if I have this money, if I have this girl, if I've got this, this, if, I've, if I experience that, if I get this position, none of it delivers. But Jesus delivers it all. Jesus gives it all to you. Jesus doesn't rob us of anything. Anybody here believe that? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. I'm like, man, Lord, I think if I could just like, like Lord, if you could give this to every, every member of our church, that they could really find you, okay, so that they'll stop running. Do you know how many people are running? I mean, come on. People are running all over the place trying to find some kind of peace when peace is found right in your prayer closet. Hallelujah. Everything that you need is found in Jesus. That's why they say, hey, what song do you want to close with? All my fountains are in you. We're going to sing that in a moment. All my hope is built on your love. All my fountains are in you. Yes. Yes. But look, it's just a test. Are you passing the test? God, and look, God wants to, God is ready for the retest. Today is a game-changing day, I believe. 
today is a crossover day because we're gonna say to God, even though I may be forgotten by people, the Bible says, even if your father or mother forsake you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. What better breakthrough than personal breakthrough? So number one, it's a test and it's a development of your character. Okay, it develops you, it strengthens you. So you're not, you don't, you don't, you're not depending on the whole world. You're not being led by, oh, I got to please this person or that person. I got to please Jesus. That's who I got to please. Somebody say amen. Shapes so much of your life. Hallelujah. One thing on this, I just wrote this down. If you're married, listen, you're not supporting your spouse if you're not supporting God's voice to your spouse. If you're a real friend in God, you're not supporting your friend if you're not supporting your friend to hear the voice of God. We're living in a day where people are so stressed out and emotionally bent out of shape that they're looking for relief, okay? And as they go to look for relief, they go to friends and friends like, man, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, they're already messed up, I don't. Be a good friend, be a good spouse and say, let's find the voice of God over your feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight. Very, very important. That's how to support one another, amen? So that's number one. Number two, loneliness is preparation for promotion. How many know after the test comes a promotion? James 1.12 says, happy are those who remain faithful under trials because when they succeed in passing such a test, they will receive as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love him. How many know God has a life that he has promised to you? And when you pass the test, come on, come on, celebrate it in a moment. Celebrate it for a moment. There's a life that he has has for you. Hallelujah. If you can pass the test, if you can win the battle, if you can conquer the valley of loneliness, promotion is on the way. Hallelujah. Victory and strength is upon you. Now you got a real fountain instead of a fake fountain. Hallelujah. You got to pass that test. Listen to this. Abraham offered his son alone, but it was just a test that led to promotion. Moses was alone in the desert, but it was just a test that led to promotion. David was with sheep while his brothers were gone, facing lions and bears as the youngest in the family, but it was just a test that led to promotion. People don't know this, but when Paul got saved, as soon as he got saved, he went off to Arabia for 13 years. 
but it was those 13 years in Arabia that brought about the great revival in Ephesus. No Arabia, no Ephesus. You got to walk through the valley because when you pass the test in the valley, promotion is on the way. Hallelujah. Fulfillment is on the way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Listen to this. We'll be closing in a moment. Conquering loneliness frees us. Listen to this. Conquering lonely, loneliness frees us from the praise of men, but gives us confidence in God. Conquering loneliness frees us from faith, flesh-based goals. I need, I need, I want, I need, I need, I have to have, I need. God wants to break that in you because all you need is Jesus. How many know Jesus is enough? How many missteps, mistakes we make because I need, I need, I need when you don't really need it. You just don't have something better to replace the need, okay? But it gives us an eternal outlook. It frees us from the satanic suggestions and it gives us an ear to hear what the Spirit would say. In the valley of loneliness, you get to conquer and break the power of appetite over your life. It breaks the power of pride and self. It breaks the power of bitterness and blame. Let me talk to you one more time. See, listen to this. If you blame and if you are bitter in the valley, when God brings you to the mountaintop, instead of giving Jesus all the glory, there's something in your spirit that says, oh, now I show you. I'll show you, look at what I've done. Look, you don't want that in your spirit. Your children don't need that in your spirit. How many know we used to, we're, we're, we're supposed to say, man, God is good all the time. I went through some rough stuff, but God was there. Now look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I give Jesus all the credit, hallelujah. Get that, I'll show you out of your spirit. That is not of Jesus. It's not healthy, it's not good. There's no blessing in that. Do you know how many people live with, I, I can't wait because I'm gonna show you. Wash that away from us, come on. Wash it, wash it in the name of Jesus. But you have to learn how to pass the test. If you find God when you're alone, you will be promoted then God can entrust you. So look, this is a sermon that starts here, but carries over into the weeks and into the months, okay? It carries over, it starts here, but it, it, it starts to minister to different parts of your soul. Maybe you have hurt and pain in your life that you haven't gotten over. Maybe people have betrayed you. Maybe you've been forsaken. Maybe you're battling with depression right now. Okay, or maybe you've been putting your hope in the wrong stuff. Essentially, just know any time that you turn to Jesus, Jesus wants to meet with you. 
but we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. You've got to be able to sing in the rain. You gotta be able to sing in the dark. You know why? Because even when it's dark, Jesus is there. Amen. 